You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're recommending some of our favorite beach reads, discussing a book tech problem of sharing ebooks and solving a problem about translated books. I need a little ukulele, need a pina colada. But first, before we get to all that, what are you reading, Bria? Okay, Mallory, I have to tell you, I think... Like, half of my favorite books of this year have been nonfiction. Wow, big nonfiction year. I know, which is really not normal for me. But I'm listening to one right now, and it could not be better. It is called, oh, and also, Bird Book Alert. Ooh. Tweet, 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 tweet. (laughs) Um, Better Living Through Birding, Notes from a Black Man in the Natural World by Christian Cooper. Um, I wanted to read this. Okay, can I tell you to listen to it? Is it wicked good? Well, here's why. Yes. It is, first of all, he reads it, and from now on, I would like him to read every book that I listen to because he is so enthusiastic. Like, can he just read every book I ever? Because he's enthusiastic, he's funny, he's charming. Okay, so if you don't know who Christian Cooper is, in 2020, he went viral because he was birdwatching. He's been birdwatching since he was 10 years old. He was in Central Park, and a woman who was the ultimate Karen called the police on him, and this went viral. Uh, uh, and... Um, now he's got a TV show. He's got a book. Good for uh, him. I know. And also, he's one of the most charming individuals. Like, it's such a great book. It, he also is a self-described blurred. He's into nerdy stuff. So if you don't know anything about birding, you do he's not. He's a blurder? He's a blur- Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't need to know anything about birding to read this book. It is very, like, it talks about his life. It's a memoir of growing up black and gay. Um, but also... It talks a lot about burning. There's burning tips throughout. And here's why you should listen to it, not just because he's great, but there's tweets throughout. Oh. Little bird calls throughout. Okay, and I the, gotta listen to The chapters, to this. like, pause, and there'll be, like, just a bunch of tweeting of, like, a specific bird. And it's just very, very charming. This you is can also so read it. I don't feel like you have to listen to it, anyone. But um, it talks about the importance of, like, the natural world and, like, how he got into it and how it's important to him in his life. I, it's just, like, very charming. And, again, you don't know, have to know anything about birding, but I imagine if you do know about birding, it's even more charming because he does talk about seeing specific birds and getting really excited about it. He talks about going with his friends because, oh, my gosh, there's this rare something. I don't know enough about birding. Uh, but I want to learn more. Um, and this book has just been such a uh, – it's just been such a joy. I just – I'm – I'm ex- I, loving it. I and have it's, to listen I to it. I think it's going to be one of my favorite books of the year because it's just so wow. charming. And, you know, he also talks about, like, being into, like, Star Wars as a, as a kid and, you know, all the same stuff that, like, I have a log drive home, and I think I'm going to get this book for it. You'll love it. You'll, you'll absolutely love it. Again, like, uh, starting a petition for him to read every book to me from now on. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? Better Living Through Birding. All right. Uh, notes from, yeah, A Black Man in the Natural World. <sighs> I am... 54th in line now, but it'll be worth it. I'm telling you, buy it. Really? Yes. Okay. It is that, it will improve your day. Like, I put it on and I'm like, my day is better. Like, I just feel like, I mean, I like books about the natural world and about nature and stuff, but this one is particularly, it's very, it's not dry at all. It's very entertaining, but also... It's a memoir. It's just like some, I don't know. It's just like, it You will. It will really improve your day. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, so I am reading, you know, I'm still on my 2023 haul. I am reading a book that came out in March of this year. It's called The God of Endings by Jacqueline Holland. Mm. And it is like 
a double historical fiction, double historical fiction vampire book because the book starts in like the early 1800s and it's about this little girl and like she's the daughter of a gravestone maker uh-huh. and uh, her whole village is taken out by, uh, I think it's tuberculosis. Oh, yeah. And, um, but of course, like the people in town think it's vampires um, and like the undead and demons and stuff and they're not doing anything to help anybody besides like she they make her like eat the ashes of her of like dead people and like that doesn't make her better surprise surprise um but her turns out she has a wealthy grandfather who comes and after her after like almost everybody in the village dies he comes to get her and it's not a spoiler he makes her into a vampire oh to save her life because yeah. she's like going to die from tuberculosis and then so it's 150 years later in the 1980s she has become a she's still kicking she still looks young she's like is still a vampire and she's become the um she's turned her grandfather's old house into a art school for kids for like really rich kids and uh then one day this kid comes to be her student and something i won't spoil it but something about this kid starts to unlock some stuff about her past and all of a sudden her her hunger for blood which she's managed for over a century at this point is amping up more and more and more and like this one kid starts to just like blow everything up that she's built it's really cool it's really interesting it's really beautifully written uh so if you're looking for like a very literary very historical vampire book like if you loved um the historian by elizabeth costova this would be probably fun uh so it's the god of endings by jacqueline holland and mine is better living through birding notes from a black man in the natural world by christian cooper So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback about libraries. Uh, Rachel wrote in to say, Dear Bri and Mallory, thank you so much for making the show. It's my favorite podcast ever. Thank you, Rachel. I have some listener feedback about the library books going thunk when you return them. I just want to give a shout out to my library, the Providence Public Library in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, my favorite place in literally the entire world, uh, which has a book drop that is like a little conveyor belt. You put your book down on it and the book is kind of slurped into the wall. Instead of a thunk, all you hear is a gentle mechanical sound. So thank you, PPL, for saving me from the guilt and horror I would definitely feel if I had to hear my library books go thunk every time I returned them. Um, I love uh, everything about this. I uh, The one at Silver Lake Library also is a slurp. I don't know if it's a slurp. You put it in. It's, oh, it's more a, a mechanical. Now. It's a mechanical. It's a slurp oh, okay, now. Fine. But you can actually see it go through like a little, like you can see it go in. Um, it's a little, win- little window, which is very cute. So you can just see it so on. Cute. Yeah, adorable. Um, that's great. Patty wrote in about little free libraries. Hi, love the show. This is the thing about, I like, okay, Patty. <laughs> Patty's starting with this is the thing. I love this. This is the thing about libraries. Who monitors them? Is it who's watching the watchers? Is it proximity to the library like the neighbor next to it? I say take the book and just never return it. So this is we were talking about books that we saw a little free library in little drama. free library, but then they're not great books and we don't want them out in the public. Yep. Um, so Patty's like, who is monitoring this? Toss it at home in your recycling. I work at an academic library and we received gift books all the time. Some are welcome, some not so much. I watch our collection development librarian toss Elrod Hubbard books in the recycling. Libraries do not do have some discretion in what they put in their library. Public libraries are probably a bit more liberal due to the process of their collections. Uh, there are many reasons to get rid of books, damage, stains, etc. Bad messages are just one more. But make no mistake, it is censoring or at its very kindest gatekeeping. Keep doing the good work. Wow. Okay. 
I love the hot, I love a hot librarian take. I, I love coming in with, this is the thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so Katie wrote in to say, first, my library does have a separate media slot. We do oh. have CDs and we loan out DVDs and Blu-rays and video games. Secondly, the plasticky stuff on the books is called Mylar. Oh, okay. That's the word we were looking for. That's the, the stuff on the cover mm-hmm. of the books. Yes, okay. Yes, this is the same as those shiny balloons, but the balloons have a metallic coating and the books have clear Mylar wrapped around the jacket and taped to the book. My wheelhouse is robot... Robots with feelings. <laughs> that was the last episode, Mallory. <laughs> Sorry, it's the, it's that forever now. Uh, fantasy with queer relationships, historical fiction that makes you feel like you've learned about life and history, and historical biographies of women leaders. Love it. Hey, Glassers, quick bookmark from me. If you are in New York or in the New York area, you should come see me this Saturday. That's right, the Saturday after this episode drops, July 29th. I am doing an event at Hey Kids Comics in Brooklyn. Starts at 1 p.m. And it is a Girls Make Movies event. It is an all-ages event. You can bring your kids. We are going to do activity sheets. I'm doing it in conjunction with the Future is Female uh, organization. And they're going to be screening some female-directed, kid-friendly short films. I'm going to do a talk. I'm going to be signing books. I'm going to be talking to kids about making movies and how to make movies and being creative. And it's just going to be so much fun. So if you are in New York, come on out. It's in Brooklyn. It is Saturday, July 29th. Is at Hey Kids Comics. There'll be a link in the show notes. Bring your kids. It is going to be a blast. Uh, so you can email us at readaglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we recommend our favorite beach reads, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. Green Chef, who is now owned by HelloFresh, which means there's a wider array of meal plans to choose from and that there's something for everyone. You can switch between the brands. We love doing so. And now Reading Glasses listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount. But what is Green Chef? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. It is summer, which means everything's delicious. There's all sorts of fruits and veggies that are in season right now, but maybe you're a person like me that doesn't know what that means, and you want to eat a delicious fresh meal, but you have no idea what stuff to buy, how to put it together, what are good recipes. Well, Green Chef has got you covered. You can discover exciting new flavors this summer with recipes that feature certified organic fruits and veggies, Sustainably sourced seafood and unique farm fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. You know you want to be a fancy little chef with all this stuff. I don't even know what half of this stuff means, but it sounds amazing. I would definitely never be able to find this stuff in a grocery store or at a farmer's market or know how to put it together. But with Green Chef, they give you the recipe. They give you everything you need to make something delicious and new and fun. And you can get everything you need at their Green Market, which is their one-stop shop for nutritious grab-and-go breakfast, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, ready-to-eat snacks, and more you can easily add on top of your weekly order. We both love Green Chef, and Bria and I are two people with not unique dietary restrictions. That makes us sound like we have to eat something real weird. (laughs) But we have dietary restrictions, and Green Chef caters to both of them. It is so great because we know when we get our Green Chef bags in the mail that everything in there is going to be fresh. It's going to be delicious, and it's going to either be gluten-free or vegan or vegetarian, and it's so fantastic. I love seeing the different types of produce and fruits and veggies that we can try out with really fantastic recipes. And if I can make these, me, 
the worst chef in the world, that means that you can do it too. You should try it out. All you have to do is go to greenchef.com slash glasses50 and use code glasses50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash glasses50 and code glasses50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Glasses. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests. And bring them down to our level. We got stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Patton Oswalt. Can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. And Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. This week, get out your towels, get out your sunscreen. We are recommending our favorite beach reads, lake reads, pool reads, whatever body of water you're relaxing next to this summer. We have got the book for it. I actually remember a reader wrote in once that when it was hot, she just filled up the tub with cold water and sat in it. And I was like, wonderful. That is genius. Yeah. Love it. Why not? So a long time ago, during the first ever year of Reading Glasses, we did an episode on reclaiming the phrase beach read from its derogatory meaning of a book that is inferior in substance to a meaning of a fun, easy to get sucked into book that's good for vacation or summer reading. We love beach reads. We think it's a positive thing. And we are here to recommend some favorites. Bria, what is your first favorite insert large body or small body of water here, yes. Reed. Yes, I'm going to go with recent guest of the Ooh. show, Rachel Color Croft's uh, Stone Cold Fox. This to me is a quintessential beach read because it is easy to get sucked into. The story you understand, it's not like overly complicated, but it's still super compelling. Um, it's about a woman trying to marry a rich man, but it's like not that easy. It is, um, it's all about the romance, but also about this like, woman with this, like, wild ambition and then her slowly coming to realize, like, who she is and what she really wants. So it's, like, a character study, but also, like, it has a compelling plot. Um, And it's just, like, an interesting... It's not breezy by any stretch of the imagination, but it is not a book that you're you're going to be like, wait, what was the rules of this Mm -hmm. world again? Like, you totally will be able to jump in and out of it. But I just think this is a really fun um, book that would be a darker beach read. It's not like one that's like going to be light and fluffy, but I think you need a little be really... shade at the beach. Yeah, a little shade at the beach. What's your first one? Uh, my first pick is Local Girls by Carolyn Zancan, uh, one of my beloved Florida books. Mm. Uh, this book is fun for summer because it's a very compelling read that takes place in a small Florida town during one summer. So it's like very summery. Love that. A lot of descriptions of like the heat and it's about these two best friends and, you know, they're they, these two female best friends, they're like trying to figure out how they're going to escape this small town. And then one night they go to this bar. I think they're out there's like a few miles outside of Orlando and they go to this bar and there's a famous actor there. And at the same time, one of their friends that they used to be really close with and now don't talk to anymore also reappears. Hmm. So like these two variables of like the estranged best friend and this very famous actor kind of like force all their secrets and desires and ambitions hmm. to the surface over this one night. And it's just like, like the I, I still remember very vividly the descriptions of like the hot summer night and like just like walking down the street in the summer. It's just like such a summery book. It's so good for the pool and it's just a oh, really, really fun read. Um, what is your next one? I'm going to go with a beach-based book. Ooh. 
Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. You have family drama, you have Hollywood, you have romance, you have more family drama. It is, it is, there's a lot of family drama. Uh, All set in Malibu, in the Malibu area of Los Angeles. It is great, like all of Jenkins' books. This one, it's going to suck you in. It's going to make you want more. It's like an underwater Cthulhu monster waiting for you in the summer, sucking you in. Um, (laughs) It is, it's just a really fantastic book. If you've read any of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books, they're all good. I literally, I was like, should you carry Soto's back now? Let me do the one that's actually set by the water. Yeah. Um, And it's just very good. It all kind of culminates in this big party. It's like about a bunch of um, siblings who are dealing with parents who are maybe not so great at being parents. And it's about their lives and their sort of like coming of age. It's just gorgeous, um, well-written book and all set in this gorgeous Malibu beach house, which is very fun. Hell yeah. What's your next one? Uh, I got this one from the Glassers. I want to read this. You should read this. Okay. It's a YA romance. It's called Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. And this is an enemies to lovers romance. I know it's a romance for some reason. Uh, so it's uh, going to make a lot of glassers happy. But it's these two former best friends. They're in high school. And they, like, one of them, she is a conspiracy theory nut. And she has, like, a really popular podcast. But she's kind of the weird girl at school. And the other, and the guy is a, he's an athlete, super hot. And, like, they used to be really close. And now, like, they hate each other. I won't tell you why. But they have to navigate this summer woodland survival course together. And I think they win some, if I remember correctly, like they win a bunch of money. They're teamed up. And so they have to like literally work together to get, like survive in the woods. Oh, great. While they're trying to work through, you know, why they're not friends anymore and like their clear attraction to each other. It's just like so much fun. And like it's woodland. So it just like feels summery. It's like, you know, they're out in the trees and it's oh, it's just a great summer book. It's so, so fun. Um, you know, the classes are always right. Uh, what's your next one? Um, I wanted to do a memoir. And I'm currently listening to that Birder one, and I'm like, if I had finished that, I probably would have recommended it. But I'm going to go with past guests of the show and friend of mine, Making a Scene con- by Constance Wu. I'm obviously biased. I don't care. Whatever. It's my fucking show. <laughs> uh, um, it's a group of essays in memoir form. Um, everything from uh, exes, like be- relationships with exes, to a relationship with her mother, to random jobs she had growing up. And what I like about an essay collection for a beach read is that you can pick it up, you can put it down, you can get through an essay, and you're like, yeah. great, I'm done with that essay. You know what's going Jump on. Jump in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Take a nap. You can fall asleep in the sun, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just reading about her ex. Like, you know, yeah. it's like you can still kind of jump in and out. So I think... This, as opposed to a memoir, a traditional style memoir, which may be a little bit more difficult to read, I think this one could be a much easier one to jump in and out of. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, what's your next one? Uh, my next pick is a historical road trip novel. Not that. Uh, it's Lucky Us by Amy Bloom. Everyone loves a road trip novel in the summer. Uh, I just fucking love this book. So it takes place in the 1940s, and it's these two best friends, and they steal a station wagon and drive from Ohio to Hollywood to New York. Uh, and along the way, they just find all kinds of quirky friends and glamorous adventures mm-hmm. and, like, a little bit of heartbreak. It's just, like, a lovely beach read because, like, it's, for, like, very glamorous and very fun. And, like, the writing is beautiful. And you'll just, like, get sucked into the world of these two wild young ladies and their big dreams and, like, all the wild stuff that they do trying to make things happen. And, like, you know, the drama between them. and with It's just, like, it's a it's a blast. What's your next one? I wanted to conclude a thriller. Mm-hmm. And this one takes place, place by a lake. So if this is a lake read, Ooh. you know, it's the house across the lake. <laughs> Aptly named by Riley Sager. Um, if you like thrillers, you've probably read one of Riley Sager's books. If you don't like thrillers, I think this is a fun one to dip your toe into. It's about an actress who goes to Vermont 
Vermont. What a nice, like, summer. Ooh, your summer yeah. in Vermont. And you, she gets obsessed with this Actually, couple. Actually, right now, there's terrible flooding in Vermont. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Vermont. Cut that out, maybe. <laughs> no, you can leave it. I just forgot that. Uh, there is terrible flooding. I forgot about that, too. Sorry about that, Vermont. My big New England heart is very yeah. sad for Vermont. Um, it's a, Okay, so this one's about an actress who goes to Vermont. She gets obsessed with this couple who are way for it across the lake. Uh, <laughs> and um, you, you guessed it. She eventually... Um, is going to end up in a weird situation. Um, this woman almost drowns, and she saves her, but she's like, did I save her? What's going on with this couple? Weird things start happening. It is a thriller, um, and it takes place by body of water, so I think this is a perfect one. Ooh. Uh, what is your next one? My next pick is for the weirdos. Okay. It's a weird book. Um, it's called The Blue Girl by Lori Foos, uh, and it's an extremely strange literary fiction book that is also wicked short because I think that is a good hallmark of a beach read. It's got to be easy to read. It's not intimidating. It's not heavy for your tote bag. Um, so it's about this small town and all the women of the small town write their secrets down on a piece of paper and then they bake that paper into a moon pie I love this. and then they walk out into the woods and feed those moon pies to a small blue girl who lives out there. Loving this. Um yeah, that's just what they do. It's really, it's very, it's definitely weird fiction. Um, it's very unhinged. But eventually what happens is all the girls of the town, like all the daughters, um, they have their secrets, secrets of their own. And they find the blue girl. And all those secrets that the mothers have been feeding to the blue girl come loose. Wow. And it's just so fucking weird. But it's really beautiful. It's also a really quick read. Just like highly recommend this for a vacation read because it's like very compelling but very, it's like one, that perfect like oh, what's the, I don't I don't know food terms, but what's like it's not like a froth, but like a mm. mousse or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's very a flan. Yeah, sh- yeah. Okay. I don't know a about light. baking. Okay. Yeah. It's just light but very impactful. Okay. Ooh. You, yeah. Is what I'm saying. It's like it's very easy to read and very short, but it'll make you think about like you'll never be able to stop thinking about this book, and you'll really want to keep reading it. I read it. But it's like a really nice, easy vacation read. Uh, what is your last pick? Um, I also want to do kind of a literary fiction one. This is not weird, but it is literary fiction. And it's going to be a miniseries soon. And I Ooh. think this is a perfect time to read it. So it's not only, it's a summer read for this summer. Read it this summer. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Um, so you can lay on the beach, you can read it, and you can go back and watch the show. Um, it is about a brother and sister whose mother passes away and she leaves them two things. She leaves them a black cake recipe speaking of baking, and um, a voice recording. And the voice recording, like, explains her life and how she fled from home and how she had to remake herself. And it's all about the brother and sister having to come to face-to-face with these family secrets, but also the complications of their own relationship. And it's just, like, a really lovely book. Mm. Um, and, again, you can go and watch the show afterwards. So after that long day on the beach, I don't know when it comes out. I'm going to look it up. Um, uh, TV show, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Um uh, we don't know when it comes out. Anyway, you can go sit on the beach and then hopefully you can go watch the show. Maybe it doesn't come out till the fall, but either way, I think it'd be fun. What's your last one? Uh, I also wanted to pick some nonfiction book of essays. Um, my pick is Ola Poppy by John Paul Brammer. I love this book. I did it on audio, but I think it would also be a really good beach read because it's also it's not super long. You know, it's uh, the essays are there. They can be a little serious, but they're not super heavy. Um, you know, it's about how he went from being a closeted gay kid in Oklahoma and now is, as he calls himself, the millennial Chicano Carrie Bradshaw. Like, cause he, he has, a, 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 some of these are collections from, cause he has a, a ongoing 
uh, thing. It was in a magazine, and now he does it on his own on his Substack. It's like called Ola Poppy, and it's mm. like he gives out advice, uh, and it's just super fucking funny, and it's heartwarming. It's just like a perfect, like you said about Constance's book, like perfect pool sit. You read a funny essay that has that has actual like you know a lot of depth and meaning, mm-hmm. and then you go jump in the pool for for a half an hour and get Got a margarita it. and then go back to it. It's just like it's a really good summer read. It's super fun. Um well you can send your thoughts and all your favorite summer reads to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a problem about sharing ebooks, we're gonna take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Pear Eyewear. Folks, I've been wearing glasses for a really long time, and I know how hard it is to find cute frames that fit you perfect. You know, finding ones that match your style, that aren't super expensive, especially sunglasses too, is tough. But Pear Eyewear has got you covered. It's the only eyewear you will ever need. Their budget-friendly base frames start at $60. That includes the prescription. And so you get the base frame. You can pick it out. And there's a variety of different styles. I have a big face. And I know that other people with big faces sometimes have a hard time with glasses. But Pear Eyewear has wide lenses. I always get wide lenses for my big old face. And it's great. They look fantastic on me. I absolutely love them. And then, so what you do, you get the base frame. And then you get to pick from hundreds of top frames. They only start at $25. So you can build a collection of styles, different colors. You know, you can even get ones that are glasses and they're magnetic. So you swap them off. So you can really easily change your style. Maybe you are wearing a bunch of bright colors one day and you want to pick something that matches it. Maybe you're going to work. So you want something, you know, a little more minimal. I personally got the sunglasses one, which is really, really fun. It's so great to not have to take my glasses off. Because, you know, when you go into a store, after you've been walking around outside, it's very annoying to take a second and be like, hold on, i got to put my indoor glasses on. With pair eyewear, it's super easy. I also got ones that have skulls on it. I got one from my hockey team, the Washington Capitals, which has been really fun to wear to hockey games. And there's just so many. They come out with all these different cool collections. If you want to wear pride glasses, they've got them. If you want to wear glasses that are from your favorite baseball team, they've got them. Honestly, it is so cool. You should just go to the website and look at the top frames and check them out because they're so much fun. They're really fantastic. And how cool is it that if you wanted to change the color of your glasses, you can do so in a second with Pear Eyewear. So you can elevate your summer looks and get 15% off your first pair when you go to PearEyewear.com slash glasses. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash glasses. Glasses. Oh, Russ. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I found you in line. These clouds are really freaking me out. I hate having to stand in line. And boy, what a line. These giraffes do not smell good. No, they do not. And they have such short necks. But I'm hearing we need to get on this we ark. we got to get on the ark. It yeah. is about to rain. God is about to destroy humanity. Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you Noah? Yeah, I know we look like humans, but we're actually, <laughs> yes, we're <totally>. podcasters. <laughs> we are podcasters, so it's different. Have you heard of Ono, Ross, and Carrie? We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal, stuff like that. And you have a boat and say the world's going to end, so it seemed like something for us to check out. We would love to be on the boat. We came two by two. What do you think? Ono, Ross, and Carrie, available on MaximumFun.org.
Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week we're solving a book tech problem from Anonymous. Hello, I've been listening to your podcast for some time and I love it. I have a dilemma of my own if I may humbly ask for your advice. I am a middle school elective teacher and I love books. I have been buying so many ebooks as so many of them go on sale and I would love to share these ebooks with my students. But since they're ebooks, I'm not sure how to go about it. I tried researching ways to do so, but most of my Googling has led to systems that are meant for a whole school library rather than one single teacher with her own personal books. I know that other English teachers have a physical library and we do have a school library, but these have been put on hold due to the current COVID situation. Thus, I think they're equally clueless about creating and managing an ebook library to lend out books. I feel like I might just have to resort to manual Google form entry with the honor system where I send students the EPUB slash PDF file and they have to send me a screenshot of the file being deleted from their phone slash computer slash etc. But before I go down that rabbit hole, I was hoping that you awesome peeps might have some tips, especially as I do not want to break the law and inadvertently pirate books to my students. I just want to share books on a very limited personal budget. Similarly, if you have an idea on how to start a catalog of ebooks, that would be awesome. Bria, what do you think? So this is a problem we don't discuss enough when talking about e-reader versus print reader. It's a thing. Yeah, because uh, you it's you can't really share ebooks. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta buy them. Um, yep. I don't even know if you can send that EPUB file to your kids in your classroom at all. I think that that might be even if you own it, it's gonna have a DRM on it, um, which stands for something. Uh, Digital rights management. Yeah, and so unless it's DRM free, you are not going to be able to download it and send it to your kids, I don't think. I think Mm -hmm. it's basically going to be impossible, except for, like, there's a couple companies that are DRM DRM free. Tor is one of those, Tor.com. So you possibly can, but you are still, like, going to have to download it and then um, convert it to a different file probably on your computer. Um. There is a way to share. There used to be a way where you could share books with friends on Amazon. They took that away, as you can imagine. Uh, Mallory has no a re- friends. Yeah, Mallory has an idea, but also I can explain a household Amazon sharing. This is what. Yeah, I I was trying to. Yeah, but this it's still out. tough. So you can. So Amazon has household sharing, and in theory, if you wanted to, you could share with up to four teenagers and one adult. But still, that's only five people, and you'd yeah. have to reshare with them every year. But I sh- I'm assuming you have more than five kids in your class with e-readers. So that is tough. But if you wanted to, you could do that because you can have it so that they— you can set it up so that get, they are shared with every book you have, or you can also share just certain books with members of your household. So you can set it up if there were, like, five kids in your class that were like, we love reading— and then one that's like, or four, then one that's like kind of an adult and it's okay that they, I don't know why they would be an adult. But that also assumes that you don't have someone in your house you already share things with. Yeah. You probably do. Like my Kindle, I didn't even realize until I looked this up, was sharing with my husband who doesn't read on an e-reader. It just shares with him regardless. Yeah, so Jeremy and I have a household. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's helpful either, but Mallory has a good idea and then I have a follow-up to that. Uh. So ag- agreed. Like Bria said, this is a dilemma something that we don't talk about enough, but it's just that is the limitation of digital media. It most in, in, in most situations, if you were trying to do this, you are going to be technically pirating these books. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's just hard to share ebooks legally. Um, so my thought, and I did some research on this, is that you buy a cheap used e-reader or two. Maybe you can get one every year. Um, you can load it up with those books, add that to your household, and then let kids borrow it. Uh, and according to Amazon, you can buy an old used Kindle model for like $23. 
Yeah. I was shocked at how cheap they are. Yeah, and also you can do the Amazon household on these e-readers. So you could yeah. share it with these five e four e-readers or something, and you could just have all of your books shared on that. Or, yeah, you can make it so that you can buy it and share it on those e-readers. Yeah, I just... <sighs> my second, my follow-up here is, if you decide to go this route, mm-hmm. anonymous, um, which would make you not anonymous, so I don't know if you want to do this, but... Um, if you do go that route and you make a little wish list and you put it on Donors Choose or something, we will put this on Reading Glasses Notes. Yeah. We will put this in our show notes and people can buy you a used e-reader. Um, maybe we can also contribute one as well. So send us a follow-up email. Let us know what you're deciding to do. And if you do decide to do that, we are totally willing to put it out there so we can help yeah. with this process because we know teachers deserve Yes. not having to buy all this shit for their classrooms. Mm-hmm. And, and it know, all adds up. And we know this shit adds up. So we are totally willing to put teacher supplies, your supplies on our show notes so until you get the number of e-readers that you feel like you need. Yes. I just, I want to say, I don't know if I trust teens not to send the, like, I was a fucking teen, man. Not to send what? Not the to e-books do- around. You know what I mean? I had so much pirated music when yeah, I was yeah, a teenager. Yeah. And like, Obviously, I spend a lot of money on books and, and music nowadays, so I feel like I have evened out my teenage uh, crimes. Mm. But I just don't know if I would trust teens yeah. not to do it. Not to pirate. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, you're a teen. Teens are a different species. Yeah. And it's quite hard. It, I mean, they can download. So, yeah, to, in order to use an e-reader, to download, I think you'd have to go to, like, download it illegally from a website yeah. to get a PDF of yeah. a non non one that you could pass around. Yeah, unless it was like a tour book, but yeah, it's just tough. So uh, Anonymous, please let us know. Uh, we would love to get a follow-up on what uh, you decided to do. Uh, and if you have a book tech problem you want us to solve or something you want us to test, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out the wish list that we have in the show notes and send us something. So time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Luke writes in... Dear Brian Mallory, I have a very specific reader problem. I recently started reading The Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, a Chinese fantasy novel that is being translated officially into English for the first time this year across three volumes. I burned through the first one in a few days and found myself craving more, but the next volume isn't due out till May. However, through a friend of a friend, I've managed to get my hands on a fan fan translation of all three volumes. (laughs) Speaking of pirating books... My problem is that I don't know if I should start over from the beginning and give myself time to get used to the new style of translation and get another view on the story so far or just jump back into where I left off so I can find out what happens next. What do you guys think is the right move when switching to a new version of the same text? Do you start over from the beginning or do you pick up right where you left off? And Bria, do you want to read Luke's Wheelhouse? Heroic, necromancers, and psychopomps. High fantasy adventure, complicated world building, royal family shenanigans, and any book with a gay or bi male lead. You do sound like a glasser. Mm-hmm. What do you think Blue should do, Bria? Um, so I've never switched to a different version of the same text before. So this is a new question for me. I've never read a translation and then read a different translation. Yeah. That is fascinating. Personally, I would just remind myself of what the book was about from a summary and move on to the new translation. But it sounds like Luke loves this book. So I I don't know why. Go ahead. Give it give yourself another read, you know? You only have 3 in the series and you're going to run out of these soon. So if you love this book and, you know, with fantasy, I feel like you can read over and over again because there's so much going on. They're usually like very dense. I think if you love this book, don't worry about it. you only got 3, you may as well just reread this one. Personally, I would not, but I feel like Luke is probably on a different path mm-hmm. than me. What about you? I 
just think it depends on how badly he wants to know what happens. Mm. If it was me on the same issue, I would just yeah. fuck it. Just jump. I want to know what happens. I'm a plot reader. I want. I would just jump right into the new book and see how it went. But what if, you know, he rereads the book and then he starts the new translation and it's not that different. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you read fast, it's only the one book you have to reread. So I would just jump in. In the t- into the new translation, and if it was things felt really off, then I would go back and like yeah. reread. But yeah, 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 kind of assess just, based on the new one. Yeah, but it seems like we're both like, go ahead and jump in and see how that's feeling. Yeah, yeah. If I you want to know based on on what it feels, because it might feel totally different. You're gonna like, oh whoa, I need to see. Yeah, but yeah, it could feel totally different. It depends on the translation. I love a fan translated it. It's amazing to me that just one person out of the goodness of their heart for free. Amazing. Translated three volumes of a Good fantasy for book. you, fan. Um, yo, I no, I definitely appreciate that. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it might feel very different than the other one, but who's to know until you read it? Yeah, but just jump in. Uh, yeah, we're like, just yeah, yeah maybe, just jump, just jump in. in, unless it's confusing, and then maybe go back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group, and remember, you want to look hot. You're probably already hot if you listen to Reading Glasses. But if you want to show off your bookishness, you can buy Reading Glasses shirts and totes and sweatshirts and all kinds of fun stuff over at our Void Merch store. It really helps us out. The the money that you pay for that cool reading stuff goes directly to us to help feed our cats and makes you look bookish and awesome. Maybe it's the summer, you need some new tank tops, you need some new t-shirts, check out our show notes. Uh, Check out the link in there and uh, see if there's anything you like. And if you like the show, which if you listen to this whole thing, you probably do, you can please, please, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It is really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thank Thanks for reading. You don't want to do the sopapilla during the show? We can do this it. This doesn't look like a sopapilla. What is it? This just looks like chips. The thing I ordered is not a sopapilla. These are Benuelos, right? I don't know. I made the, I, I, this was my fault. I should have waited. I should have ordered the one that had the better description. Yeah, these are just chips. Fuck. All right. These are just chips with chocolate sauce on them. Yeah, lame. All right. Well, I'll, I'll order the other one. We did it all. Okay. Bye, glasses. Bye, glasses. <laughs> Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.